Welcome to episode 3 of the Rocks On podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since the last one, but just more trying to wait to see if we can get some more news and see what's happening around the league. So what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at Rocks Update, a couple of new players announced. Obviously looking at seeing will we actually get a BBL season in Glasgow. Um, we've obviously got the Glasgow life issue of currently um, it's not really being usable. We'll kind of have a look at a bit more in depth at the new guy, Bobin Jack Donmey. Hope I pronounced that right. Um, then we'll have a look at general kind of the league-wide recruitment in the last week or so. Uh, there's been some phenomenal pickups by different teams. Rosters are almost complete. I think that we kind of now are in a good place where we can end with some kind of BBL predictions. So I'll run through what my uh, league standings will be, who I think will make the playoffs, who I think will be league champs, playoff champs, and who I think will be winning the cup, cup competitions. So, yeah, looking at this season, Rock's roster again. So, we've now got Callum Mortimer uh, re-signing. I kind of heard about that a few weeks back at the start. We didn't really see much of Callum on the court, but for being a young guy, I think it's going to be a big season again for him. Rock's currently have nine guys announced. So, will he be into the rotation? He might feature a bit more than he did last season. Uh, but it's great to see another young, young Scottish guy getting a chance to come on through. We've seen it work with guys who are obviously Johnny and then obviously Gareth as well. Um, another guy, Boban Jack Donmey, coming Londoner from coming over from Southern Mississippi in the states, coming off uh, two pretty good years at uh, Southern Mississippi. Six uh, nine looks big, great moves inside. He can, he can, I think he's going to complement uh, Julius and Mark pretty well. They kind of seem more kind of guys who slash the basket, whereas Boban kind of looks like he's got more. Inside moves, maybe compared to say a Julius and maybe more of a pull up jump shot kind of guy. Um, but Bowman looks like he can hustle around, around the court well. I think he's going to contribute massively. Um, I think if you remember from my first podcast, we talked about points per 40. Uh, Bowman, when he, so for Southern Mississippi, he played 26 games, 16, basically 16 and a half minutes per game. And knows that time he kind of averaged uh, 7 and 4, 7 points, 4 rebounds. So we take that points per 40 rate, that's almost just under 18. So he's going to contribute. He could be a really good find for us. I think he's, yeah, he's going to be a great weapon to have at the five. Kind of just gives us, almost completes the roster uh, for what I think it might be. Um, we might be a wee bit short in places. I think we're maybe lacking in the, the wings, especially maybe Fraser Malcolm probably playing the two, it looks like. Uh, but yeah, pretty happy with what We've kind of been led to believe it's going to be a really tough budget. This could be the final roster. Uh, I still kind of have maybe a wee bit of hope that if we do get a season, we might see uh, some additional recruits come in in the new year and uh, maybe look to utilise those two import slots we still got available. Uh, we saw the addition that Dante and Terrell made uh, to the season just finished and I think anything of that Semi near that quality will be a massive help to the Rocks, especially when we look at what's happening around the league. Second point, let's see, let's have a, a bit of a discussion about what we even get a league. We've obviously seen as more and more of the country opens up, there's kind of been an increase in uh, the spread of coronavirus, and I'm still a firm believer that that was always going to happen. Uh, I think we will get professional sport of that. Obviously, we see some sports and leagues cancelling or delaying the start to their seasons. I think the BBL have been pretty 
right in their approach. Uh, Friday night, I believe, Newcastle are playing Sheffield in a kind of test event. I think that's a great step forward. And hopefully that goes with a lot of success. And uh, Public Health England, Public Health Scotland, whoever else is looking at that and thinking this is great. We can get some indoor sport going. Uh, I know in Scotland there's a big mass struggle to get indoor facilities. Uh, or when I say struggle, they're not, no local authorities really opened them up yet. A lot of them maybe had spin bikes on them or extra gym classes because unfortunately we're in a situation where that's what makes money for leisure trusts. We can get 30 people in a Bampton court for doing a spin class compared to just four playing Bampton doubles. We all know that's an issue for basketball, volleyball and other team sports. Uh, rocks or then have the other issue, the fact that Emirates is now going to be used as a walk-in coronavirus testing venue. Uh, I'm kind of stunned to think that Glasgow or Scotland's premier uh, sporting venue has been used for that rather than for sport. So I, I don't know where that leaves the rocks. I don't know where it leaves sport in Glasgow because so much came out of the Emirates. It's uh, where Glasgow Life and all their sports divisions were based for the work. So did the rocks play somewhere smaller? Uh, and just, yeah, physically will be just season ticket holders if that. Uh, it's going to be really quite... Sorry, stay maybe potentially, but I don't know. It could just depend on the set out that Glasgow Life are using. Obviously, I'm just my opinion on what's kind of happening. Uh, it's just a bit obscene, to be honest. So let's look at the general uh, league recruitment in the last uh, week or so. Uh, London have obviously replaced for Europe. Uh, Joseph Codo's injured. They've brought in a guy from Germany. I'm not going to mention him uh, because he's only going to play in the Champions League. They've already said he's not going to feature for in the BBL due to them already having enough too many players as such. So, you know, season, but he's not going to feature in the BBL. Uh, Worcester again, going strength to strength, they're up to nine. Leicester still sitting at nine. So it seems a lot of teams are sitting on this uh, nine-player rosters at the moment, maybe waiting to see what's happening before whether they bring in, like, their fifth import or just wait to see what others are doing around the league. Pressure, see again, committed a nine. Sheffield... They've got their 10. Uh, Antoine Lillard and Kipper Nichols look decent recruitments, uh, decent pieces in their puzzle as such. But the rest, as we all know about, I will touch on where I think Sheffield will finish later on. Eagles, again, I think they're really impressed with their recruitment. Um, I really like the potential in Ramon Fletcher and Cortez Edwards playing together. And then boosted by uh, Justin Gordon and Evan Maxwell, but also the kind of stealing Rex Fluger, being a UK passport holder. And then we, when that's before we know what Drew Lasker, Darius DeVoe, and even Louis Ayers can do. Um, touching on Plymouth, uh, I think a lot more was maybe expected from their roster. Um, so far, only one import announced, but they've obviously got in GB Internationals and Andrew Lawrence, Ash Hamilton, uh, BBL Vets and Will Neighbour, uh, Busha. And it's actually great to see Elliot Sentence come up from NBL. Uh, he was a top player in the trophy final up in Glasgow last year, so it'll be great to see him get a chance in the league. They've still got maybe two or three slots to fill in their roster, uh, and I think they need to be pretty big names to kind of help them out. Uh, I'll probably contradict that when I go through my predictions later on. Surrey began announcing some players. Uh, again, showered in BBL experience. You've got Galen Rothbos, Lavelle uh, Cook, Skylar White, Taylor Ganembe, Rashad Hassan, and Trayvon Wright joining them as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty uh, offense heavy team. Uh, will they still be that team that 
can probably concede the most points. Could you put a lot of points on them quick? Yeah, and they might struggle to bring it back, definitely. But it's actually great to see uh, Surrey putting some pieces around Tail. Tail's a great guy, great player, great ambassador for the sport, so it's great to see Surrey putting some good pieces around him. Hassan's led the league. Hassan's an unbelievable player. He's caused us in Glasgow tons of, tons of issues. Giants been a bit quiet, not really touched anything with them. Uh, nothing's really changed. If anything, I feel like they're kind of moving down the table. I felt like when they brought the Sarnous and their imports or whatever else, I was like, wow. Gonna go, I don't reckon they go that deeper than six, seven guys. Bristol, I think a lot of people might be sleeping on them, maybe me included. They've announced this week Zach Copeland, Eric Lockett joining them. I'm just trying to work out where, how they're going to play that. Uh, I reckon they might play a lot of small ball now. I'm trying to work out how big and small Bristol have kind of played the same since it came into the league. So maybe Kabilis is now going, well, I need to change it up to compete. They, they were obviously looking at what London, Leicester, Newcastle are doing and thinking, all right, if we were to compete, we need to change it up. I think it's going to be worth checking in on. I didn't mention it at the start. Um, London. London's obviously playing, announced some fantastic players and obviously they started a Champions League campaign. But where's their promotion? Uh, a lot, a lot of good positive vibes coming out of British basketball social media at the moment. But where's London's presence? They've got announced some fantastic players. They've got, I'm going to say it, the creme de creme of British ballers. They've got the top NBA players. Byron Mullins has played 100-odd NBA games. You've got guys with top-end European experience. Justin Robinson, Dirk Williams having coming back from being abroad. And guys like Brad, Matthew Bryan and Manning, who we all know where he's been, what he can do and what he can bring to any club. It's just incredible to think that London haven't been pushing their social media, haven't been pushing. They might be in local media, but it's a chance to really get them coming out with some mainstream media, use their social media platforms to kind of push them forward. Um, you'd think some being in a city like London, they'd have be able to access people or experts or influencers or whoever it may be they can really push the London Lions brand they've got their new investors and you think they would see themselves the benefit of pushing that only got I've just had a look at the 11,000 odd uh, Twitter followers compared to Eagles 13 and a half uh, Riders are up there with I think 15 or 18,000 they've even got less than Glasgow uh, people know I'm not been the biggest fan of Glasgow Rocks' social media in the last few years but being representing London, uh, professional basketball in London, having that low amount of followers, they're obviously not doing something right. The message isn't getting out there, and they're not bringing in the followers that can sell their brand. Uh, any, For me, any kind of new investment going into a club, that's what I'd firstly look at, what's my reach, what's my output, what's the quality that we're producing. They've got these 13 to 15 to 16 guys practicing, training, scrimmaging. Where's the coverage? Where's the videos for the fans? Where's the hype? Where's the build-up? Uh, you've got a game in the next week or so. There's nothing kind of happening. What's happening with the television coverage? What what hype's kind of happening? The hype's kind of coming from other places. Like, it's coming from loads of different sources. London aren't, don't seem to be kind of pushing anything at all. So hopefully they can change that with this week coming ahead. They might have just, they might have deliberately done that. They might have been waiting longer to see uh, what, What's, what can we do? What can we get out there? What's going to be the kind of the rules for the land? Are we going to be allowed to do much to promote it? Are we going to be allowed like a 
fans event or whatever else. So hopefully they can sort that out and really kind of build British basketball or build London basketball as well, which would be super important for the whole league, but also for themselves. Let's end off this episode with uh, my BBL predictions. It'll be quite good maybe to look back at this episode down the line when we look at where actually every team finishes and we'll be interested to see what rosters everyone finishes, what we get this season. But yes, this is where I'm going to go with. So um, let's go 11-1, to 1. so in 11th place. This may be just more optimistic so that Rocks don't finish bottom. I'm going with Flyers. That's what I've kind of touched on. Pulis's Bristol teams have kind of been dropping down the last few seasons. They seem to have a great record at home at the Wise Arena. That's a great setup. I think that without fans, maybe potentially the first few weeks of the season, maybe might only impact their cup campaign. Turn against them. They do recruit a wee bit different. Lockett and Copeland look good players. Uh, but I just don't see how their lineup mix. I think their bigs are too predictable with the Pesh at Dozy and the boy that they had out on loan, Liam Davis. Um, I just don't know what they're going to get from that. I think they're going to be. Maybe in the same boat as the Rocks. So the Rocks, I see us finishing 10th. I just don't see us having enough quality. I like what Gareth's obviously trying to do. He did a, a fan video right back when he was announced saying what kind of, he wanted young guys. So I'm guessing he's only just to play quick. Uh, I think we're going to be a three-point shooting team. Guys like Julius, Boban and Mark Capredi inside will be looking to get the rebound, put the ball back. And it's quite exciting. This could be maybe a big year for... Malcolm, I think he could really push himself up. The recognition of British players, so what he could do, come of games, it's just kind of like a squad rotation guy. He's a great defender, he's pretty quick, very long, and we know he can hit some open shots to game against Sheffield, we mentioned before. I think along with uh, Johnny Bunyan, could have a standout season. Johnny's kind of always been a kind of steady kind of player. Uh, I think he's a very well respected player across the league now, he worked really hard to kind of earn that. And we obviously know what Gareth can do. So not as bad a situation as we thought of at the start. But when you get up the list of teams and players that other clubs have, then 10th maybe optimistic. And maybe we might try and focus on a cup run and something. Next place I've gone next. I touched on their roster a wee bit at the start. I liked what they were beginning to replay, uh, go with. It was tight between Knicks and Giants for the 8th and 9th. I've gone... Uh, Next in ninth place. Again, I like the starting five. I just don't see them with any depth. Uh, Joel Coro was a good player when he was been at Giants and in London. Uh, maybe the uh, BBL for a year or two. Well, he's good enough to be sixth, seventh man. Uh, Luther Deju produced pretty well off the bench for Cheshire last year. I do like some of their stars, but they're gonna have to play thirty-five minutes probably to kind of produce results. I think they'll shock teams. I think they like any other Cheshire team. They'll always put a good run together. Uh, eighth place, I've gone to Giants to make the playoffs. Just. I really like their starting five. Uh, again, similar to Cheshire. Good starting five. But again, no real depth. As I said, it's going to be really tight between those two. Good dar- good derby matches for the northwest of England. Um, I really like the look of... Obviously, you've got Sam Cassell Jr. and Donovan Johnson. Pretty good pickups. I've gone for, in seventh place, Sheffield. I think the Sharks... They always make the playoffs. They always produce pretty good teams. Do but I just, just don't like watching them. I don't get excited by them. Uh, Matthew McKnight's a great point guard. He's maybe three, four years in the DBL. He's solid. Nick Lewis, you know, one of these guys one night you can go for twenty, the next you'll go for two. Um, Bennett Cott, Mike Tut, Rob Marsden, they're solid bigs. 
bench and see how Antoine Lillard does. As we get, I think they're going to play a lot of small ball threes at the four. But yeah, Sheffield in seventh place is my prediction. In sixth, I've gone Scorchers. They've probably announced the least players so far, so they could move up, they could move down. I've gone mid-table to play it safe at the moment. I'll maybe uh, publish this on my Twitter feed to start with and then date it, and then I'll change it as we get near the season, maybe. Uh, as I said, early in this, in the pod, in this episode, uh, they've been putting plate pieces round tail now, building it up every every year. Lavelle Cook obviously had a great scoring year last year. I just never... It's not until I look at his numbers that I thought, actually, he's a bigger player for them than what came across to me. I saw Surrey obviously play us a few times, and he just never kind of stood out. It may have just been the matches, how we played against them, but yeah, I just wasn't maybe not seeing what other people seen until I take my foot with take off my Glasgow Rocks and see his league numbers are phenomenal. Uh, Skylar White, someone I kind of hoped that he would uh, pick up with his kind of Scottish roots and bringing in Rashad Hassan from Plymouth and Trayvon Wright with obviously a lot past BBL experience as well. And those two, that's already you look at if they can have that settled roster for the full season, they may be pushing top four. On fifth, I've gone Worcester, and that was tight. I think I've gone Worcester above uh, Scorchers based on the fact that they've announced more players. Uh, I like Worcester's recruitment. Jordan Williams is always going to be a big player with them. Um, Mike, Mike Park Jr. and their bigs look good. Uh, yeah, again, they just look a good, solid team. They'll be well coached. Um, maybe he's going to probably do some fantastic things with them again. They always look organised last year, legitimately. Between Rocks, London and Worcester last year, there was not much in it. So they could have gone with them in fifth, but again, I believe they've maybe got one, two more guys to come in. If they do, then again, I might change my predictions because them coming fifth just maybe means how strong the top four are. So in fourth, I've gone Raiders, purely based on the fact that I really like the look of Andrew Lawrence and Ashley Hamilton playing again together. Up the Royals link up as everyone keeps calling them. But I kind of like the look of the the string guard they brought in, in Ricky McGill. I've not got much to say in the Raiders except that really they've obviously got some big pieces still to come in. So that battle four fifth six Raiders Wolves Surrey. So be a really good good battle. The guys I know maybe split seasons maybe uh, series sorry and home court could be really crucial. In third place Raiders. Big call between Raiders and Newcastle. There's a lot to come for them. I actually think when you look at their team, Mo Walker didn't play at all last year. Hopefully a full year of rest is going to be phenomenal. I think their uh, bigs of Nelson Henry, Mo Walker, William Lee, that's quality. They're going to be good. Jamel and Raheem May Thompson may be getting older. Connor Washington. People maybe a few years ago would say Connor and Johnny were around about the same level but Connor's a step ahead of him now so it'll be interesting to see if he comes off the bench and plays behind the guy Jonah Matthews and then you obviously got Zach, uh, Zach Jackson and Corey Johnson as well like that, that's that's a deep team I just don't think they're as good as Newcastle so number two Newcastle I think their guard lineup of Fletcher and Edwards I don't actually think anyone can beat in the league I've said it before I'd rather have Fletcher in my team than Robinson but that's been very, very picky, maybe very unpopular. As I touched on earlier on the pod, I think their bigs of Justin Gordon, Evan Maxwell, and then allowing Darius to both come off the bench potentially is going to be phenomenal for them. Uh, 
Newcastle's one issue and that is always the issue with them. How much game time they're going to get across the season of Fletcher, Lasker, Defoe, are there any other imports going to get injured? Will they be having to make some changes for the season as they had to do last year? Will they get as lucky? Pick up someone as good as CJ Gettys? Who knows? But I've gone with them at two, which obviously means I think everyone else has predicted it. In first place, London. Um, their BBL roster looks absolutely stacked. Um, going through other teams, yeah, Ramon would get into there. Ravel Cook would maybe get into there. I've said early on, but maybe episode one, that Gareth would maybe squeeze in there because he's probably a better player still than Josh Ward and Joe Quinn. And then after that, you struggle to see who's going to be better than Mullins, Liggins, Ware, Dirk Williams, Rafi Brangamani. Okay, I've said Raymond Fletcher over Justin Robinson, but Justin Robinson's my number two guard in the league. So you hope that team gels together. And as I just said, London deserves a good team. They deserve to all the success they can build on that roster. Hopefully Europe goes well. Hopefully they can transfer positive European results into the BBL and really show that team to be the kind of team it is. Uh, it's just quality names throughout it. Like it's a fantastic deep roster. So hopefully for London, they get the results. Hopefully it's sustainable. And they're my pick to finish top of the BBL championship table. So let's talk to the other competitions in the league. Trophy, I've gone with Eagles. They won it last year. I can see them defending their title. Obviously it depends on the draw and how other teams take it. And the Cup, I've gone London. Uh, I think the Cup is at London, if it's similar. I believe it is to be similar than this season. It'll be kind of the earlier competition. Them already been in camp for a while. Really suits them. But really controversially, the team I had finishing third, Leicester. I've got them winning the playoffs. Leicester always come good at that time. Uh, Rob has extensive experience in winning the league, winning the playoffs, winning every competition the league's got. I think that experience to have guys like Jamel Anderson, uh, and Connor Washington have been part of their whole kind of growth and development of it as a club from the really, really sorry times of however many years ago that was. I just see them having too much for London's roster. Maybe guys like one under pressure. I say that as I look at their roster, it's full of guys that have won stuff. So that's my pick. Maybe to be controversial, but yeah, with eight of these I'll share on my timeline and we will see how it goes. I think that. Hopefully we get a full season. Uh, I think like every sport, fingers crossed. Uh, we're maybe in a lucky position that basketball is a lot easier to put on than ice hockey. Eleven teams fulfilling a fixture list and having a really good season 2021 when it happens, hopefully. So, yeah, London the league, Raiders for the playoffs, Lions to win the cup and Eagles to win the trophy. Uh, let me know in comments on whether you're coming on Spotify, iTunes, or on my Twitter feed, what you think. Uh, I'm good to see what other fans think. I'm seeing a lot of other podcasters, journalists, others beginning to do their predictions. Uh, I'll maybe start actually comparing mine to them. I haven't looked at really any of them yet, not given they've done any of the gradings and stuff. Yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, episode four will probably hopefully be the positive announcement of Rocks having a home venue. And the league's starting, so thanks for listening, and see you next time on the Rocks On Podcast.